Hi, welcome to the Axiom Podcast. This is part two of the podcast, Owners Can't Whisper. If you haven't listened to part one, make sure and go back and listen to that one. This week, we're going to continue the conversation. Thanks. What we've been talking about is how the owner speaks with a megaphone. I think some of the best situations I see of great leadership is when the owner's not speaking at all. It's when the owner is saying, hey, we just had a record month in sales. We've never done this before. You're the sales manager. I want you to get up in front of the all hands meeting and share that fact with everybody. Or, you know, we've got this lawsuit and it sucks and we're going to have to deal with it. And it's going to take some of our attention away from the business but you're the operations manager. You know the intricacies of what happens on these jobs and what happened on this job. And I think the people need to hear from you that this has come up. We're going to deal with it. We've got a plan for it, but they need to be prepared that you know it's going to take our attention away from the business a little bit. I think a couple of things happen in those situations. Number one, imagine you're in the crowd or you're at the conference room table and it's not the business owner standing at the end of the table or on the podium. It is the sales manager or the operations manager. And they're sharing this information and you could watch every single individual in that room. What's the first thing they're going to do when that information is delivered, good or bad. What's the first thing they're going to do. I, this is a quiz I should tell, because we have not talked about this. and put both you guys on the spot, but what do you think the first thing they're going to do is I, I think, they're going to look over the business center and see what their reaction is. Exactly right. All eyes. And, and I've seen this happen before. And it's not necessarily like an architected, oh, this is in the agenda. This person's going to get up. But we've been in meetings before, just regular leadership team meetings. And somebody will share like a, an engaging fact, let's call it, right? It's either bad news or it's good news or it's something that, that is like, whoa, everybody... And the first thing, every, and I'm, I watch this consistently, the first thing everybody does is catch a, a quick glance at the business owner. How are they reacting? And people take their cues from that reaction. So if the business owner, let's imagine a sales manager is standing up there and saying, we just hit our record month, right? If the business owner, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read way too much into physical body language here, but if the business owner is looking back out at the crowd, while the, and the crowd knows, right? What's the, what's the crowd? What's the first thing the crowd's going to do? They're going to look at the business owner and the business owner is looking back at them. And the signal that sends is, yep, see what, we, see what we did? See what I did? But if the business owner has their eyes firmly locked on the sales manager who's standing at the podium, what does everybody else do? They look back at the, at the sales manager. Mm. Like, look what that guy did, right? Bad news. Lawsuits come, it's going to take our focus away from the business. Everybody looks at the business owner, right? And he, and they're all looking at him worried, right? And he looks back at them and he's like, oh shit, like they're, they're worried, right? And there's this instantaneous, like unsettled feeling. Whereas if the business owner's eyes are firmly locked on the, the GM or the operations manager, like, well, he's not worried about it. So I'm not going to worry about it, right? And I think that you have this ability as a business leader, to put others in the spotlight, yield that spotlight to to the people you're leading. And it sends a more powerful message than anything you could ever say. And let's just face it, like as the business owner, you're more likely to screw it up than you are to get it right. Right. So don't even try. Let's put somebody else in here and let them share that information. Yeah, that's good. Okay. What about sharing personal information? So business owner, obviously building great relationships with their employees and some personal information that probably shouldn't be shared. Talk about that. This one's tough. You know, I, th I think 
I'm all for like, let's just talk like one-to-ones, right? So this is something that the uninitiated, we might have to educate them on. But if, if you're an Axiom client, you're a leader on a team, you're expected to have monthly one-to-one meetings with your direct reports. And so one, the first question that we teach people to ask is, how are you doing? So the leader should be saying, how are you doing? And that can include as much information as the employee wants to share, personal, business, whatever. And then the next question is, what do you need from me over the next 30 days as your leader to do, to do a great job, to, to feel like you're, you're enjoying your work? Well, in that exchange, invariably, there's going to be some personal information shared back and forth. But I do think that there is a, a level beyond which the business owner can share so much personal information that it be, can become unsettling to the employee. It can make the employee uncomfortable. And I do believe that there is a place for maintaining some kind of professional distance. You guys, I mean, we can debate this. I mean, this is just my view. But I, I do see situations where business owners share too much on the personal side, whether and it could be about their marriage and and it and like I think there's I think it's awesome if a business owner, if an employee is struggling, let's say with their marriage, and the business owner is willing to be transparent enough to say, hey, well, I've struggled with that too if you want, like, here's a couple of things that we did and it really helped us. It's a much different situation, much different conversation than business owner, you know, who says, you know, employees struggling with their marriage. Like, yeah, me too. I don't know what I'm going to do, man. It's, <laughs> it's a, it's a crapshoot and I'm not sure what's going to happen. Right. And the employee leaves like, man, what you want your employees leaving is, you know, inspired, empowered, exhorted, encouraged, not, oh crap, they don't know what they're doing either. And this is the person who's leading me professionally. So that's where I would say, I would kind of draw the line on personal information. If it's personal information you can share in a way that's going to exhort, encourage, empower, inspire your employee, share it if, to the extent you're willing to. If it's not going to do those things, like why are you sharing it? Yeah, and that, I love the last three words that you said there, because that's where my mind goes in, in regard to this topic, is really the question of why are you sharing it? And really a follow-up question that is, who are you sharing it for? Mm. Because if you're That's sharing great. personal That's information really for that person, the the tone and the what you're communicating is way different than if you're sharing it for yourself. Yeah. I, I'm saying business owners need a place and a context to share personal information that they have no idea how to like how to process, right? Because and if they don't, then that's another conversation. That's what we're for, right? by the way. Like you know, exactly, like, get somebody you can trust as a C twelve group or exactly or, or an outside advisor who's not going to judge you and you know has seen you know seen a lot worse and, and like can tell you like it's going to be all right. But yeah, not with employees. Yeah. So if you're sharing information for yourself, whether that's you know in the most kind of sinister of cases where you're wanting your employees to feel bad for you, that that breaks our rule of leadership, which is. Your role, your role as a leader is to put poor time and investment into others. Now, not to say that you can't learn from your employees, but mm-hmm. if your role in sharing information is to make your employees feel bad for you, like that mm-hmm. is that's not your role as a leader. Your job is to support them and to invest in them. If you're sharing it for them, again, it, it communicates a way different tone, a way different message, and it comes across, and that's that's it comes across for them, which is going to build them up. It's. And that's not to say that there aren't some outlier cases where the person that, you know, is your right-hand person who doesn't own any stock in the company and, and 
you know, is compensated a lot less than you are as the business owner, but you've known them for 25 years and they're one of your most trusted friends and confidants. And yeah, I mean, that's, that is an extraordinary relationship and we're not cutting that out. We're just saying, recognize that that's pretty extraordinary. That's, that is not something that you find in in a lot of situations. So yeah, Yeah, but sorry, no, I was just going to say another comment too, is I, I appreciate your, your kind of openness about not having a hard line on this issue yet and not really knowing where you stand, Joey is because I kind of find myself, my wife would tell me that I'm on the other end of the spectrum, which is I'm an open book. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to trust people pretty implicitly. I'll trust you until you give me a reason not to trust you. And that leads me to hearing from my wife. And in some cases that, you know, I don't have any employees or direct reports, but in groups of people where, uh, you know, we, our small group, like I'll share things and she'll go like, you sure you should have shared that with them? (laughs) You know? And so for the business owner, consider that too, when you're sharing personal information, you know, you're going to do this naturally because whether, you know, where, depending on where you fall on the skeptical trusting scale. But I think there's some sense of, as a business owner, if you're sharing personal information, you should assume that whatever personal information you share can be wielded against you as a weapon. Now, if you're still comfortable sharing that information, knowing that, yeah, this could probably get out, then I would say, and you're still comfortable sharing it, then share it because it's probably not going to wound you. You probably mean it for good. But if you can't, if you're worried that it might come back against you, probably best to not share that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I know we're going a little long here, but I think this is super valuable. So just three more topics I, I want to hit on real quick. The first one, lunch invites. This is a this is kind of a funny one, but talk about this. We've obviously seen this cause problems. Yeah, lunch invite. I mean, and I think it comes down to like playing favorites, maybe yeah. is another way to say it. You know, if you're in a business owner communicating with employees, again, speaking with a megaphone, if you're always going to lunch, let's say that you're always going to lunch with your right-hand person, right? Your operations manager. That's that's one thing, right? It's like, Good. okay, we don't get a lot of time together. We're both super busy. We're going to connect at lunch every day. So, and, and I think employees would look at that and be like, okay, but he's the general manager and that's their practice and that's their rhythm and that's the routine. Okay. But if every day, you know, it's, it's either the general manager, the sales manager, the head of the warehouse or the chief customer service person. And it's only ever those people or, or, even worse, if it's, I hesitate to say this because father, son, right? It's a special relationship, but let's say your son is like one of the salespeople in the organization or heads up IT or does stuff in the warehouse. And that person also makes it in. So it's kind of like the leadership team plus a couple other people who aren't on the leadership team. And that's all it ever is. Then people start to read into that. And it comes across as playing favorites. And my experience is that it's not that big of an issue. You know, it's not that. But again, we're talking to business owners today who want to level up the way in which they communicate with employees. And I would say to them, people are watching. And if you really want to to take a step to the next level, make those lunch invites a little bit more random you know, select from a broader audience. Don't make it the same people every time and make sure that you're, uh, I would also encourage this because I just think you're going to get some incredibly valuable information, but it might require a little bit more intentionality because some of those people you might want to have lunch with, they might need a little bit more notice than just, oh, I'm hungry. You know, (laughs) who can I grab? And I think that's what typically happens. Like I'm hungry. It's time to eat. 
I don't want to eat by myself. It's good. Yeah. It's good for me to spend time with my people, but let me grab somebody. And you always wind up grabbing the same three, four, five people. It sends a message. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Next one, talking about other owners. Don't do it. Nope. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Let's move on. All right. Next one. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is just something you, you should, if you're in partnership with somebody, if you're an owner with somebody, the only time you should be talking to employees about that owner is when I feel like when you're giving praise, there's no room for criticism. There's no room for second guessing. To that point, if there is a partnership situation where that happens, right. And we've had them, those conversations need to be happening behind closed doors or even in the visionary implementer role, right? If you have a a CEO and a, a general manager, if there is kind of disparaging comments that need to be made about the other owner, those happen behind closed doors, right? With the other owner. With the other yeah, owner. Yeah. And one of our teams actually said this, and so maybe the context doesn't apply, but there was a scenario where this team wasn't united on decisions walking out of that room. Uh, you know, there was a decision that needed to be made and they went out and they were still split. They never, there was nothing actionable. They hadn't landed on where the direction, the narrative that they're sharing once they'd walked out of that room. And it came back around in the next meeting. And the comment that was made was, guys, in this room, we can hash out the details. Mm-hmm. But when we walk out of this room, we are united. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that, that what you said emphasizes is if you feel like you need to say, share something disparaging about your other owner around the, like with other employees, don't do it. Mm-hmm. If it's a decision that they're thinking through or you're thinking through with them and you don't like it and you're bouncing that idea off this other employee, don't do it, yeah. right? You guys need to be united together. And outside of that room, outside of those close conversations, it's all support. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the the negative comments, the, oh man, I just, I can't deal with John this week. He's driving me crazy. We're not agreeing on anything. It's like a kid hearing one of their parents say, mm. our marriage is really rough right now. I can't stand That's your a mom. Great, that is a great analogy. And it is, it's equally unsettling. And I, I would say that's it. That's the word. I was going to say discouraging. I don't think it's discouraging as much as it's just unsettled. Discouraged is like you you see the wrong and you're able to separate for your, separate yourself from it. And you're like, this probably isn't a good situation, but but you're you're disconnected from the personal ramifications of that. And that's not the case for most employees. If they hear one owner disparaging the other. It has implications for their job, for the future of the company, for the opportunities that exist for them. Like, who can I talk to? You know, and I think a lot of employees are in a in the right and thinking, well, geez, if they're willing to talk about their partner this way, what do they say about me when I'm not in the room, right? <laughs> and I just think it's a it is one of the quickest roads to toxicity in a business to have one business owner talking about the other out of school. So. Yep. That one's pretty easy. Just don't do it. (laughs) But I would say it also fits in that category. Like you're going to be frustrated. You're going to have issues. You're going to, you're going to need somebody to, to talk through this stuff. How do I deal with this person who's being incredibly difficult and not listening to reason? But there are other people you should have in your life to have those conversations with, not your employees. Yeah. That's good. All right. Last topic, talking with other owners. So talking with other owners, the thing I would say about that is, so we talk about values a ton, right? Values are are probably the foundational element, the most important foundational element in trying to build a healthy culture. So we have these, these four values at Axiom. Other companies have five values here. 
And these are values that we want everybody to live out. We want everybody to behave this way, to treat people this way. And if you get in a conversation with your other owner and you guys aren't living out your values in that conversation, one of you needs to call that out in the other one. Mm. When, uh, when owners are talking with each other, they need to be just as consistent in the values as if there's em- those employees were watching how they talk about other employees, how they characterize other situations. If one of your chief values is... I'll pick one that I don't, I guess one client does have, I'm not thinking of this client, but optimism, let's say. So one of your chief values is optimism, but you and the owner get together and you're just like as pessimistic as you can possibly be. And you can't see, let's say that, let's say one of your values is a better example. Say one of your values is showing people goodwill, which means choosing to think the best of people instead of the worst and to give them the benefit of the doubt. But you get into a private conversation about one of your employees and there's zero goodwill whatsoever. And you're just cynical and you're starting to make up things that they could be doing that you don't have evidence for. And you're starting to self-justify all the reasons why you you might not want to go down this road with this person. One of you needs to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a little, you know, awkward. I'm going to call you out on the value of goodwill. I'm going to call both of us out because we're both having this conversation. We're not showing this person goodwill. And I don't think that that's a thing that comes natural. I think when the door gets closed and the owners think this is a place where we can have frank, brutal conversations about the things that are happening here, they also let their guard down when it comes to the standards they expect of everybody else. And that's just a failure to be consistent. So, yeah. you know, I th- so the values are one of the places where I would say talking with other owners can get you into, into issues. But Devin mentioned one earlier that I also think we see often in partnerships and it's the meeting after the meeting, right? So there are cases when owners are talking together and the time on the calendar and the schedule is just not sufficient to put the issue to bed or, or it's such a big issue that it's going to take a while to think about it, explore it, yada, yada, yada. And if they're in two different pages, it takes an incredible amount of discipline to walk out of that room and not start politicking or advocating or justifying your position to other people. And you just have to have the self-discipline to to make that commitment to the other owner that we're going to leave this conversation on this table and maybe in my prayers and, and in my in my gut, and I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to think about it, but it's not going to come out of my mouth right? At least not to anybody here. I may go seek some outside counsel from somebody outside our four walls, but the conversations we have between us, like you said, Devin, we have to leave this room unified. And if we're on different pages, we're going to agree to be on different pages, but we're going to stay on different pages until we come back into this room. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right. Well, I'll close with this for the two people out there that have made it this far in the podcast. <laughs> you, you, you may have listened to all this. You're like, how in the world could I possibly remember all this? It sounds like a lot of rules. And and you guys said a few, you know, I, I would say keys through, throughout this that I, I would say to remember. And one, it's use discernment. So be level-headed, be even keel. Don't react never react. So when you when you receive new information, take time to process it before you respond. So so never just have that knee jerk reaction and just think through how 
you know, like you said, talking through a megaphone, how much your words and actions, what that looks like in the employee's eyes. So just think through that stuff. And I think if you remember that, then all these different situations, and there's more situations we didn't cover, you should, you should be able to handle and your employees will thank you for it. They'll notice it and you'll be a better company because of it. So thank you all for joining and we'll see you next week. Thank you.